Welcome to the conversation at rcf.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On November 4th, 2019, I had a conversation with ABC Radio News Australia show, RN Drive, where we discussed two issues with the 737, a recently discovered problem with the pickle forks, which are structural components of the airplane that connect the wings to the fuselage, and we also discussed ongoing issues with the 737 MAX. This is RN Drive. I'm Tom Tilly, filling in for Patricia Carvelis, coming to you across Australia, online and on your mobile. It's just over 12 months since Lion Air Flight 610 crashed into the Java Sea on takeoff from Jakarta, killing everyone on board. Five months later, an Ethiopian Airlines jet crashed under almost identical circumstances and 737 MAX planes have been grounded ever since. And now Qantas has grounded three Boeing 737 next generation jets after they were found to have cracks between the wing and the fuselage. Todd Curtis is an aviation safety expert with airsafe.com and once worked as a safety engineer at Boeing. Todd, thanks for joining us on RN Drive. Well, my pleasure. Let's start by focusing on the 737 NGs, the next generations. Qantas here in Australia audited 33 last week and found three of them had cracks in the pickle fork. Uh, Those planes aren't flying anymore, that's for sure. How many other Boeing planes of this same model have had the same problem around the world? Well, there have been a number that have been discovered already around the world, especially from large operators like Southwest Airlines, the United States, which has uh, hundreds of these aircraft. Now, of course, this is differentiating from the 737 MAX issues. This was a somewhat different design and a different set of problems. That said, it's something that could potentially affect every 737 next generation aircraft out there. So how many are out there? There are roughly 7,000 produced uh, all time. And these are operating all over the world. And some of them go back quite a ways in age because we're talking about uh, models that are the 737-600 through the 737-900, some of which are still being produced today. Okay, that's pretty frightening um, because three out of 33 from this recent audit um, done by Qantas, I also read that the FAA inspections in the US found um, 38 out of 110 inspected there. Uh, had a similar problem. So we're talking about a 5 to 10% kind of hit rate there, which is pretty alarming considering there's potentially over 6,000 of them still in use. Well, as I understand the inspection, they're being prioritized for the higher time aircraft, that is aircraft that have had more takeoffs and landings. Now that said, another thing to consider is that this part, the pickle four, which is a structural part of the aircraft that connects the wings to the fuselage, They're supposed to last for the life of the airplane. There shouldn't be any cracks in these. So do you worry that if the the problem rate is around 5 or 10%, that there could actually be hundreds of these planes with this problem flying still? Potentially, that could exactly be the case. And I suspect that if there is a prevalence, a fairly high prevalence of these kinds of cracks, what may happen is that the inspections will start to prioritize younger and younger aircraft. So some people are calling for the whole 737 NG fleet to be grounded. Do you think that's necessary? At the moment, there's nothing to show that this is an issue that calls for an immediate grounding, in part because, to my knowledge, there hasn't been a single accident where a failure or even a severe crack in this part of the aircraft has been associated with the loss of an aircraft or even the serious damage uh, 
to the aircraft or to uh, injury to its occupants. So would you fly on one at the moment? I'll be quite frank with you. Uh, there are so many of these 737 models out there, and they really represent the bulk of those that are flying right now, that whether I wanted to or not, I'm probably flying on one sometime in the next week or two. <laughs> the only question is, is this one of the older aircraft that would be more at risk for this kind of cracking? Now, unless I take the time to scan the um, identification number of the aircraft I'm about to fly on, I won't know. Because sometimes these aircraft are assigned at the last minute. So even if a passenger were aware, it may be difficult to choose airlines where they will not be flying on these older 737 next generation aircraft. And at what point do you consider one of these planes older? Typically, there is no upper limit for the life of an airplane. When they stop flying, it's usually because it's no longer financially viable to do so. So a relatively old aircraft, let's say 25 or 30 years old, could be viable financially for the airline. There is a stream of uh, spare parts and trained personnel around the world to take care of that airplane. And Boeing does quite the tidy business in making sure that its existing fleet has a part supply necessary to keep them flying. And again, the bottom line is when it's too expensive to operate, when the airline no longer makes money using that aircraft, it will be retired or sold. Are there any signs that passengers are choosing not to fly because of this issue with the 737NGs? Well, certainly there's always going to be some passengers who, for a variety of reasons, especially when aircraft of a certain model are in the news, will refuse to fly or, or will de delay their flights. On the whole, though, the demand for air travel is so high and growing around the world that those people who refuse to fly are typically more than compensated by the people who wish to fly. All right, it's obviously a very bad time for Boeing. The controversy we've just been talking about comes after the 737 uh, MAX crashes, killing 346 people. What's going on at Boeing? Is there a broader problem here? There are a number of issues that are going on, both with the aircraft that are being produced, specifically the 737 MAX, and with some regulatory changes, which happen actually subsequent to the 737 MAX, that's giving manufacturers in the United States more control over the certification process, more control than has been the case with the FAA in the past. There have been some questions and concerns in the industry that this may lead to problems not being addressed as thoroughly as they could. I'm afraid that because of the 737 MAX tragedy, um, these rules are going to be coming under scrutiny and they may be rolled back to something more akin to what happened during my time at Boeing, which is about 20 or 25 years ago, when the airline actually had quite a bit more control over ensuring that any new or even slightly changed design, was adhering to the regulatory requirements, which we've all grown to uh, trust and be accustomed to. Boeing CEO Dennis Mullenberg testified before Congress last week, and it's emerged that the company knew what the problem was and refused to ground the 737 MAXs after the first crash. As someone who once worked for Boeing, did that surprise you to hear that in Congress? Uh, no, it doesn't, because uh, in any large engineering project, this is not just a Boeing situation. In any large project, there are a lot of moving parts. And those who are managing that project are responsible to be aware of what's going on. But frankly, they can't be because they have limitations like any other human being. And certainly there are active discussions, recalling my time at Boeing, 
active discussions when there were concerns that there might be an issue with safety or reliability or quality. That said, voicing concern doesn't mean that the concern is actually justified by the facts. And just because some of the people in the organization are not happy with management's response doesn't mean management isn't being responsible. Now, that said, I think the 737 MAX is an unusual and unique case, and it may take a while before the full truth comes out. But certainly, in my mind, there seemed to have been some question within the organization as to what was going on with some of the design of the 737 MAX. It's not clear in my mind whether upper management was responsible in dealing with those concerns. And what about regulatory authorities in the US? Do they need to take any of the blame for what's happened? Have they been too quick to take Boeing at its word? From what I've seen with the 737 MAX investigations in Indonesia and Ethiopia, and the response of parts of the US government, specifically the NTSB, I think it may turn out, when this is fully understood, that there were some issues with the process by which oversight was done, but not necessarily the methodology. Case in point, uh, some of the early reports seem to indicate that the MCAS system on the 737 MAX, which is associated with both of the crashes, one version of it was approved by the FAA. Changes were made to that system, which made it more problematic. And for whatever reason, the FAA did not do another uh, review of this uh, change to approve that. So, again, there might have been a organizational or procedural issue within the FAA. I don't think it's a question of deliberate intent to look the other way. But again, it may take a while before the truth about what happened comes to light. Todd, how much damage are these safety controversies doing to Boeing as a company? The more recent one involving the pickle forks on aircraft in Australia and elsewhere It'll have a relatively minor effect because there haven't been any serious crashes associated with them. And the estimated cost of doing the inspections is on the order of several hundred dollars per aircraft. Now, if the cracks are discovered and repaired, there'll be an extra cost there. But certainly by being aware of the problem, the likelihood of a catastrophic event is greatly reduced. So on the pickle fork issue, I think that's been taken care of. On the 737 MAX issue, I think there have been far more serious and significant costs to the company. For one, the aircraft has been grounded for several months. No new aircraft have been delivered. And the 737 MAX was roughly three out of four aircraft being delivered by Boeing had been the 737 MAX. So they have a huge revenue hit. Their stock has taken a bit of a tumble, has been recovering of late. But certainly there are some concerns there that the long-term viability of the stock remaining at that level is at risk. And it also calls into question the future viability of any new design coming out of Boeing. It may be substantially more difficult and more expensive to approve new designs given the experience with the 737 MAX. So you said the 737 MAX is a much bigger problem than the NG problem we've noticed here in Australia recently. How long before Boeing will be able to get the 737 MAXs back on the runway? It's unclear because management at Boeing has made several um, announcements saying they expect the aircraft to be in service by a certain date. The most recent uh, comments were they expect by the end of the year. Well, the end of the year is almost upon us. And there's no indication that that's going to happen. 
I suspect that it may be sometime in mid to late 2020 before the 737 MAXs are allowed to fly by the FAA, but that's not the end of the story. Several other national organizations in Europe and Canada and elsewhere have stated that they're not going to just take the word of the FAA. They have their own questions they like to respond to. Todd, troubling times for Boeing. Thanks so much for joining us on RN Drive. Well, thank you again for the opportunity to speak to your audience. That's Todd Curtis, an airline safety expert with airsafe.com. He's also a former Boeing safety engineer. You're listening to RN Drive. For more information on airline safety and security, please visit airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.